Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. With me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 11. And we are going to be back here uh, once again. Hebrews chapter 11, and we are continuing this series on the Great Hall, and what a hall it is. If you will picture, if you've ever been to a Hall of Fame, uh, it's impressive uh, to go in and see all the names and statues and uh, memorabilia uh, that is connected with great uh, sports stars. And it is uh, a very spectacular thing. And in similar fashion, Hebrews chapter 11, I don't know exactly uh, who came up with this uh, phraseology here, but someone at one point said uh, that Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the great hall of faith. And uh, not the hall of fame, but the hall of faith. The fame comes in God, amen? Uh, But the faith came through His servants. And each one that we come through, as we have examined uh, two of these elders that have gone before us, being Abel as well as Enoch, of course, we review in verse number 6 where the Scripture says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And as we've come to this, we have noticed, again, these giants of faith that have been recognized. They all have a testimony, and they have a testimony that shows a tremendous amount of faith. And as we come to uh, this portion this morning, we're going to take a look at another one of those great faith leaders. And again, I want to remind you, as we go through this portion of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11... I want you to notice something about each one of these people that we study and that we look at within their life, and with the exception of one, with the exception of one of these, every different event throughout this entire chapter of these people that showed and had a tremendous amount of faith, all of them had some type of adversity in their life. And God grew their strength. And God grew their faith. And their faith in God grew even in spite of the adversity that they faced. Don't, what I'm getting at here this morning is, as you examine your own life, you see our natural reaction to adversity is to say, I don't want that. Our natural reaction when things start to go not as planned is, this needs to change. Listen, if we want to grow in our faith, if we want to grow in in this aspect of serving the Lord and in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and we want it to be strengthened, there's probably going to need to be some adversity. So rather than saying, I don't want it, we probably need to learn to embrace it, don't we? You say, oh, I don't know about that. Well, hopefully you'll see by the time we're done uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, the amount of adversity that is here and represented. And one exception 
uh, that I could find within this passage of Scripture is the one we looked at last week, and that was Enoch. Now, I'm not saying Enoch never had adversity uh, in his life, but the Bible doesn't tell us about it. Doesn't tell us about any adversity that he had, uh, but uh, we know these others, and we'll see as we get into uh, this this morning, and we examine this very next verse in verse number 7. I want you to see what the Scripture says about a man by the name of Noah. You've probably heard of him, uh, and it says this, By faith... Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Notice this. By faith... Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. One key thing here in verse number 7 where it says, Moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. It's important to note here, It was not Noah's building of the ark that saved him. Although, he had to build an ark that would save him, didn't he? But it wasn't the ark that saved him. It was faith. It was faith. And this here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7, as it speaks about this man Noah, we see a prime perfect example of how God will continue to save throughout all time. Because you see, Noah found something that was significant, that led to his faith. And I believe this morning that in each aspect of faith, that comes into our life to build our Christian life, there must be a span of grace that is provided first. So this morning I'm going to preach a message entitled, The Grace That Is Found in Faith. The Grace That Is Found in Faith. Let's pray this morning and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You so very much. You've given so much to us. The gift of grace, the gift of mercy, the gift of faith. All of these we receive from Your hand. Father, this morning as we see them work together, in the life of Noah, God, may we also see fit to explore how they would also fit into our lives as Christians. Father, I pray this morning that if there is one that does not know You as their personal Lord and Savior, that God, You would extend to them Your grace as You have to so many others, that they might come to that saving knowledge of Your Son, Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross of Calvary. 
in His glorious resurrection. Father, as you have saved so many before, would you save them as well? By faith, we trust in you and what you're going to do here this morning. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, well, as we have done in the previous weeks, as we come to each one here in Hebrews chapter 11, you should know by now, we're not staying here, so I want you to go back to the beginning, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, and I want you to find chapter number 5, Genesis chapter number 5. So very easy to find that if you just go to the uh, beginning there, we'll start in Genesis chapter number 5, and we'll continue in to verse uh, number 8 in Genesis chapter 6. So I want you to pay special attention as we read this morning. Of course, we've been talking about uh, looking within and having faith and growing our faith. We need this in our lives today because of the part of the reason is because of the culture in which we live in. As we examined several weeks ago uh, within the Scripture in, in 2 Timothy, how we are living in the last days. And we are living in what is being described as a post-Christian nation. And there is much needed here in our lives in this area of faith. And so if we're going to live amongst a culture that would be considered post-Christian, we need to know how to live amongst those folks. I don't see a more perfect example than the example of Noah. And again, as Christians, sometimes we, we go about and we talk about uh, the, uh, the condition of our society and, and sometimes in a condemning type of a way. And we look down and we, we look and we say, man, it's bad. It's getting bad. And it is getting bad. And again, Paul told Timothy that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. But as we read this morning in Genesis chapter 6, I want you to pay special attention to the condition of the culture in which Noah lived in. So let's begin reading verse number 32 of chapter 5. This is where we're introduced to Noah. It says, And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they had chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that were the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to men, and they became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man upon or man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now stop there just for a moment. 
The Scripture says that God saw the wickedness of man. And He describes this generation and this, these people here of those that had imagination of the thoughts of his heart and describes it as being evil continually. Continually. It's there. And God said, I'm done. I'm going to destroy them all. Everything that I created, I'm going to destroy. Everything that I am going to, everything that I've done, I'm done. But. But. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is verse number 8. The Scripture says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. God said, I'm tired of all of this. I can't believe this. This is what's happening as he looked down. It's evil. It's wicked. I can't stand this any longer. I'm going to destroy it all. But Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible says that Talks about the generations of Noah. In verse number 11, it says, The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God told Noah. As Noah found grace, he said, Noah, here's the deal. So there's so much violence. There's so much wickedness upon the earth. I'm going to destroy it. But I want you to do something. Verse 14, he says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set inside thereof, with the lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee, I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, and thy sons, or thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of earth after his kind, and two of every sort shalt thou come unto thee to keep alive. And thou, and take thou thee of or unto thee of all the food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee. And it shall be for food 
for thee and for them. And notice verse 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So did he. So we're introduced to Noah. We're introduced to him and his children first. God explains some things, but then the world gets is wicked. And I know what's probably or possibly taking place in, in your mind this morning as we come to, uh, to this man named Noah, and you say, oh, oh yeah, this is, this is Noah's ark. Oh, maybe I should have chosen to just come tonight and not this morning, because I know this story. Noah built the ark and built the big boat. The animals came to him. They got on, and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And uh, and then the flood came, and God flooded the earth. And then Noah and his family lived on the ark for a long time as the water dis- dissipated. And uh, and then they landed, and they replenished the earth, and, and all lived happily ever after. That's the story we usually hear, isn't it? Well, we know, first off, that Noah, in this particular story within Scripture, isn't really about Noah and his ark. It's really not about Noah and his ark. I remember when I was in junior high school, we got a piece of mail in the paper, and it it kind of... It, it really infuriated me uh, a little bit as I got this piece of mail, and it was what would be considered junk mail, of course, and uh, it was uh, an advertisement where you could order uh, the best uh, fable and uh, uh, nursery books. And I started looking through, and it had different stories in there, the princess and the pea, and uh, Jack and the beanstalk, and uh, and, and then in the midst of all of these uh, fairy tales and fables, it listed Noah's Ark. And I thought, well, that's not a fable. It's not a fairy tale. It's not fiction. It's real. This happened. This isn't some made-up story. Amen? Not some made-up story. It, it included David and Goliath. And I said, wait a second, this isn't right. It included Daniel and the lion's den. I started, every time I'd find one, it just irritated me even more. Listen, though. Listen, this is, I, I, I think this is important. When we simply reduce what we read in the Scripture, to Noah and his ark, to David and Goliath, and Daniel and the lion's den, we do ourselves a disservice. This is not a story about Noah's ark, or Noah and the ark, and Noah and the animals. This is a story about Noah and God. This is a story about Noah's faith in God. We must not forget that. May we not reduce Noah's faith in God to what took place within this. Noah had a faith in God, so much so that years later, 
That's God inspired the writer of Hebrews to pin down and describe people that had great faith. The third person God included there was Noah. Who had faith. He had faith. To do something and to be something that God directed him to be and to do. But Noah had to find something first. And I think it's true even in our place today. Again, in verse number 8 of chapter 6, the Bible says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. May I say, number one, this morning about Noah's faith, it began with grace. Noah's faith began with grace. God looked down, He saw the humanity, or the sinful humanity of man, and and He comes through and He says, I'm going to get rid of it all. But Noah. Noah found a grace that no one else found. And if it were not for that grace, listen, Noah never would have found faith. Noah never would have picked up the first piece of gopher wood if God had not first had grace upon him. Grace always precedes faith. Always. May I say that again? Grace always precedes faith. Both are wonderful gifts of God. God had every right to destroy Noah and his family along with the rest of the world. He had every right to. He's God. But Noah found grace. And God said, I'm going to withhold this from Noah. Even though he deserves it, even though I have every right, Noah found grace. Oh, that's important to note. Remember the Scripture in Ephesians where the Scripture says, For by grace are we saved through faith. Through faith. Yet not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Don't let anybody ever try to tell you that Noah worked his way to righteousness. It was not the working of the ark that saved Noah. It was the grace of God. It was the grace of God that saved Noah. It was not Noah perfectly following every direction that God gave, even though Noah obeyed. It was the grace of God. Listen, man cannot be saved by their good works. Man cannot become righteous by doing something. No, no, no. It is only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that you and I can be saved. It's not my faith, it's God's grace. It was God's grace that He gave Jesus Christ to die on the cross of Calvary. It was God's grace that allowed Jesus Christ to be raised from the dead victoriously. And it will be by God's grace when He comes back again to claim His bride, to take the church home. 
to heaven. God's grace in all of that. Nothing that you and I could ever do, but only by His grace. Before Noah had faith, God's grace came. God's grace came first. Make sure you pay special attention to that this morning. Grace always precedes faith. Hey, may I say this as well? You see, we have this conflict today uh, in, in churchianity that, that we, we have this idea that, okay, we're under grace. And for some reason, grace has become a, a license to do whatever we want to do. And we, we say things like, well, we are under grace, not under the law. And in case you misunderstand what I'm saying this morning, I have a very clear understanding that we are no longer bound by the law. That we're under grace. Hallelujah. But grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not a license to sin. I also want to point out, as, we, as some would say, oh, well, the law would save. The law never saved one person. Can I say that again? The law never saved one individual. Never will. It can't. As a matter of fact, I want you to notice something as well. Before God ever gave the law, Noah found grace. Hey, listen, I know we come to Ephesians chapter 2 and we say, oh, by grace are you saved through faith. Listen, I want to say something this morning. I want you to understand salvation has always been by grace through faith. Always. That has always been God's plan. God's plan has never changed in that. By grace, Noah found in the eyes of God through faith. Through faith. Upon that, as Noah found that grace, he did what God told him to do. Did you notice that this morning? Not only did Noah's faith begin with grace, but secondly, this morning, Noah's faith caused him to behave with obedience. He behaved with obedience. Even in that grace, notice verse number 22, it says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Go into chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou, and all thy house, into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast... Thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Notice that when we tell this story, we don't always tell it properly, do we? We always say, oh, he took the animals two by two. Well, don't forget the clean beast, he took seven. It was the unclean that he took two. The fowls of the air, verse 3, by seven, the male and the female, to keep, a lot, to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth. Then he says in verse number 4, this is the key part, 
And yet seven days I will cause it to rain upon the earth. Forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. God said, Noah, you found grace in my eyes. I'm going to destroy this earth, everything that I created. The only thing I'm keeping is you, your family, but I want to give you a list of everything you're supposed to take. And Noah did it. Noah did it. It took Noah roughly 120 years to build this ark. It was a magnificent structure. Something that had never been seen before. Magnificent structure. People would come by and they'd mock him. They'd ridicule him. What are you doing? What are you building? Noah preached. The Bible tells us that as well. God told me to. He said he's going to destroy the earth. I'm just doing what God said. Oh, and they'd laugh. They'd bring people by to look at what Noah was doing. They thought he was absolutely crazy. Listen, faith often, faith often looks crazy to those that don't have faith. Faith often looks crazy to those that do have faith sometimes, doesn't it? You say, I'm just going to trust God here. Sometimes people say, "Uh, you sure about that? You sure? Sure you want to have faith? Something you can't see? Something you can't hold on to? Something you can't claim? Yeah. So Noah kept building. Noah kept preaching. Nobody listened. But Noah's faith was growing. As he was obedient. Listen, faith is often as much about obedience as it is about simply listening. It's as much about obedience as it is hearing. Faith. And when faith comes in, we start with God's grace. That grace moves us to faith. But then the Bible talks about how faith moves us to faith. Faith moves us from from faith here, and that faith as it expands, as it grows, it becomes larger in our lives and causes us to move even further, but only as we obey. Now here's this also. Keep in mind that faith will not always remain faith. You say, well, what do you mean, preacher? Well, think about it. God told Noah, I want you to build the ark. Noah did. Everything that God commanded him to do. God told Noah, you're doing this because I'm going to send rain upon the earth. What's that? Well, it's water. And that water is going to flood everything. It's going to come over and cover the whole earth, and I'm going to destroy everything in it. Really? Okay. 
I've never seen rain. Never had rain. God said, I'm going to open the, open the heavens and it's going to rain. Well, eventually, when Noah completed the ark, what happened? His faith became sight. Because God said, get in the ark. I'm going to shut the door. And God sealed the door shut. And it began to rain. Did you notice that in chapter 6 when God told Noah, I want you to uh, put a window in it. What do you need a window for? So his faith could become sight. It was in there. So his faith could become sight, and it did. Keep that in mind. Listen, sometimes we, as, as Christians, as believers, we, we again, we, we sometimes misunderstand faith. We misunderstand faith. And, and we, we, we come in and we say, okay, uh, look, faith is not about a wish. Can I say that? It's not about our desire. Some would have people to believe that as long as you have faith in God, you can claim it in faith. That's not so. It's not so. Some people say, if I have enough faith, I can make this happen. And you see, there's a really, there's a good way out of that. And that is to say that if I just have enough faith, this will happen. And then it doesn't happen. You, the, the, the reason is what? What didn't you have? Enough faith. You see, because if you have enough faith, this can happen. Well, there's an easy out there. Again. Well, you obviously didn't have enough faith. Well, no, it's we also have to consider not just the attributes of God and what He's capable of, but what has He said? You see, Noah didn't put his faith in some pipe dream. He put his faith in what God said. And we will see as we move forward through each one of these elders that they were putting their faith in what God said. Now it is not that God is not capable. It's not that God is not capable. Sometimes people become ill and they get an illness. And again, the, the thought process sometimes is, well, if I have enough faith, they'll be healed. The only problem with that is, is we don't have that promise from God. Now here's the facts though. Somebody tell me, is God capable enough, strong enough, powerful enough to heal? Amen. Absolutely, positively, He and He alone has that power. But unless God comes down and says, I'm going to heal them. Our faith 
isn't going to change that. There's no guarantee. Because what we have to do is put our faith in what God has said. Is He capable? Absolutely. Do I have faith that He will? Absolutely. Do I understand when it doesn't happen? No, I don't. No, I don't. You probably don't either. I mean, there's, there's people we pray for for illnesses and, and we ask God to heal and, and sometimes that healing is heaven. The ultimate healing in all things. It's not, we can't beat ourselves up and say, well, I didn't have enough faith. No. It's not about that. Unless God said it, we can't claim something by faith. That's what we have to understand. It's not just about having and understanding the attributes of God, but we have to know what thus saith the Lord. God has made plenty of promises in His Word that we can have faith in. We can have faith in. But there's a lot of things that people put faith in today that God hasn't said. And I will tell you when that happens and that doesn't come, uh, if, we, if I could say it this way, when it doesn't come true or when that faith doesn't become sight, a lot of people get mad at God. And, and, I, and I pity them, honestly, and not in a bad way. Pity is not a bad thing, by the way. I, I pity them because, because they don't understand God's goodness. They don't understand God's love. They don't understand God's grace. Faith is simply about believing God in what He said He would do. Let me give you number three. Noah's faith, number one, began with grace. Number two, it caused him to behave with obedience. But number three, Noah's faith was blessed with a promise was blessed with a promise. You notice, he had faith. He received God's grace. He had faith. He built the ark. His faith became sight, and God is about to give him something else that God says that Noah is going to have to put faith in. Look at chapter 8, if you will. As God sent out the, it rained 40 days, 40 nights in verse number 6. It says, at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he made. He sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also, he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. The dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. She returned unto, unto him in the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. And he put forth his hand, and took her, and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came into him the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf, pluck it off. 
So Noah knew that the waters were abated off the earth. And he stayed yet another seven days, sent forth the dove again, which returned not again unto him anymore. And it came to pass in the six hundredth and first year of the month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up off the face of the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou, thy wife, thy sons, thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, of the fowl, of the cattle, of every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply. And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his son's wife with him. So that promise that Noah found was the earth is dry again that caused more faith. But God made a covenant with Noah in chapter 9. In verse number 8, it's a covenant that remains unto this day. As God spake with Noah in verse number 8 of chapter 9, it says, And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And behold, I will establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl of the cattle of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall it be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. See, Noah was blessed with a promise. Now imagine if God didn't make that promise. Not, not just in the area of God could flood the earth again, that's not what I'm getting at, but consider the fact that God allowed rain to still come. Still rained upon the earth after this covenant. Could you imagine if this covenant weren't made for a moment? Just for a moment. Could you imagine Noah and his family? They're out there. They've got their houses built. 
They're, they're starting families and replenishing the earth. And the earth is repopulating. The first time it rained. Could you imagine the fear and fright that would come over them? It's happening again. We're not in the ark. We're all going to die. But God said, no, I'm going to make this promise to you. I'm not going to do that again. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to put a sign there so that when I see it, I'll be reminded it's not going to happen again. And in that, Noah was left in faith, if you will. He didn't have to wonder the next time it rained. He didn't have to wonder three years from then when it rained again. I'm not saying it took three years, but every time it rains, Noah didn't have to wonder what's happening. Here we go again. No, because he had a promise from God. And by faith, he trusted in it. The Bible tells us again in closing in Hebrews chapter 11 that Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world, became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Which is by faith. I say to you this morning in closing that grace is an essential part of your faith. It precedes it. And God has given it in Jesus Christ. He gives us His grace. Obedience is an essential part of our faith. God has given commands for us to follow, for us to do. And it's often by faith that we must Obey. Grace is essential. Obedience is essential. May we not base our faith upon what we can see, but rather what God has said. What God has said. May we put faith in that and that alone. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.